0: Okay, hey, thank you so much. I've been handed a note about the visitation with the family of Jack Harris, and be uh, tomorrow from five to eight at Pinkard Funeral Home in Russellville. The funeral will be Tuesday at two at the funeral home. And so if you would keep this in mind, visitation Jack Harris Monday five to eight at Pinkard in Russellville. The funeral will be Tuesday at two at uh, at the funeral home. You brought your Bibles, please turn to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, a familiar passage. Familiar passage. This morning I want to share with you a sermon I've simply entitled Choosing to Return to the Father. Choosing to Return to the Father. Luke chapter 15. I don't know how many times that I've preached from Luke 15. Verses 11 through 34, um, at times I, as I prepare to deliver God's word, God gives me a message to preach to others. Then at times when I prepare his word, he gives me a message just to preach to myself. Then uh, at times he gives a message that's uh, for all of us. And I believe this message would be for all of us. Luke chapter 15, we'll look at verse 11, and I put on the screen 24, but we're going to look at uh, uh, through the end of this parable, Luke chapter 15, verse 11, and he said, Jesus speaking, a certain man had two sons, the younger of them said to his father, father give me the portion of goods that falleth to me, he divided unto them his living now what he was really saying is this father i think you're going to die pretty soon and before we go and get into this big squabble about who's going to get what then i want you to just give me what belongs to me now verse 13 and not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living and when he had spent all, you can underline that, when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed his swine. And we, he would have fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he had came to himself, some translation says says that he came to his senses, when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, father, I've sinned against heaven and before thee, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and he came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion on him and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in thy side, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and he's alive again. He was lost and he's found. And they began to be merry. Now his elder brother was in the field and he came and he drew nigh to the house and he heard the music and the dancing. He called one of his servants and asked what these things meant. He said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. He was angry. He would not go in. Therefore came his father out and insisted him, or entreated him. And he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I do serve thee, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment, And thou hast never gavest me a kid, that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son was come, which had devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed him, the fatted calf. He said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother was dead, And he's alive again, and he was lost, and now he's found. Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through verse 34, um, or verse 32, is known as a parable. It's referred to as a parable of Jesus. Uh, This parable, uh, someone defined a parable as an earthly story with a heavenly meaning an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Jesus oftentimes spoke in parables. Uh, you had the sower and the seed, the parable of the hidden treasure, the parable of the peril, the parable of the mustard seed, the parable of the lost sheep right prior to this, the parable of the lost coin right prior to this parable, the parable of the good Samaritan, the parable of the unforgiving servant, the parable of, the Pharisee, and the publican. So Jesus spoke in parables. He told stories. And these stories would have a heavenly meaning, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And so that's a parable. And so this is a parable. This parable is about a father who had two sons. One of them was a prodigal son. One of them was a scandalous son. One of them was a son that that was just concerned with riotous living, and so he had this wild son to some degree on his hand. And so this, these first 24 verses I want us to focus on this week. We may look at the, the, the elder son next week, but this week we want to look at this prodigal son, this scandalous son. And so as Jesus spoke this parable, or he presented this parable, he had an audience. They were gathered around somewhat... You know, like I have today, I have this audience. And so when the audience gathered around, Jesus began to tell an earthly story that had a heavenly meaning. And so this audience consisted of publicans and sinners, tax collectors and just plain old sinners, and, and also scribes and Pharisees. And so they'd gathered to hear Jesus. So you had the publicans and the sinners. And during this parable, these publicans and sinners kind of figured out something. They figured out that Jesus kind of was talking about them to some degree. Now the scribes and Pharisees they'll figure out that they kind of relate to that elder brother, who had done everything right, kept the commandments, but yet didn't have all that he felt like he should have from the father. And so Jesus begins this parable, and he he refers to this as the prodigal son, or it's referred to as the prodigal son. So he spoke about he spoke about uh, about this boy being lost, this boy being rebellious, this boy full of pride, this boy being self-willed, this boy making, dis- uh, uh, making poor choices, bad choices, being a disobedient son. And the publicans and the sinners kind of believed, hey, they, he's talking about us. We kind of fall into those descriptions he's mentioned. And so first, this parable begins with the prodigal son. Now this son went into a far country, the Bible says there. This son went into a far country. He said a certain man, verse twelve, uh, 11, had two sons. His younger son said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that followeth me. And he divided them up, uh, his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, took his journey into a far country. So he goes into a far country. Now, although the parable states that this is a far country, some translations say that it's a distant country, please remember this. You can pull away from God not having to go a long distance. You can pull away from God if you're not careful by just going a short distance. Listen, you can pull away from God by going a short distance. You don't have to travel a great distance to get away from God. Most people who get away from God think it's just going to be a, you know, at first, th- well, nothing's going to, it's not going to be short. It'll be a long time before I get away from God. No, getting away from God is not always a long distance. It happens very quickly at times. And that's what happened in this young person's life. The Bible says he went on a far journey. But you don't have to travel a great distance to get away from uh, from God. The point is, he left the Father. He pulled away from the Father. The point was, he wasn't as close to the Father as he once had been. And so you have the prodigal. Now, in this particular case, this distance is not measured in miles, but the distance is measured in morality. See, you pull away from God in different ways. And so he pulled away from God in morality. So I suggest to you this morning that you can pull away from God and you can distance yourself from God and that distance can be measured in a number of ways. In this young man's life, it was measured in morality. He was a uh, prodigal. He, he was just bent on righteous living, worldly living, fleshly living, worldly living, living like those who are without God living like those who feel they don't have a need for God, they don't have a need for the church, they don't have a need for godly things. And so that described this young man, you know, the song, This World Is Not My Home. Well, he would sing, This world is my home. This world is what I live for. This world is what I want to be a part of. This world is my home, and the devil is my father. See, he's the father of this world. Our father is the father of the world uh to come the kingdom to come and so this young man he was a prodigal he he enjoyed the things of the world opposed to the things of god and so a lot of people fall into that category so this poor boy abandoned the father through the lust of the flesh through the lust of the eyes through the pride of life throwing his life away like so many do today so throwing his life away now You know, he threw his life away on righteous living. He threw his life away with harlots, the Bible said, sexual immorality. He threw his life away that way. Some people throw their life away with gambling. Some people throw their life away with alcohol. Some people throw their life away with drugs. Some people with fornication and adultery and theft and murder and and all of those sins that, that God condemns in his word. However, one day, one day, he was, he, everything's going good, you know, everything's going good, and then he reached back into his backpack, and he didn't have anything left. The Bible says he spent it all. He spent it all. Now, that is a sad statement I shared just a few minutes ago. You need to underline that statement, because whatever you do, and you're living in the world, just remember this, one day you're going to spend it all. And you're going to reach back into a backpack that you were pulling things from, and you're going to find you have nothing left. You spent it all. He spent his money, he spent his wealth, he spent his health, he spent his morals, he spent his reputation, and the list goes on and on. He spent it all. And that's what living in the world will get you. You'll spend it all. You'll spend your morals, you'll spend your reputation. You spend your health. You know, I talk to people, and and they're really going through a a crisis right now with their health. And and it's not, and, and a lot of this, and we're learning on Sunday night, a lot of things are not trials we're going through, a lot of things are consequences that we're going through. Trials are one thing, consequences are another. Some people say, Lord, get me out of this trial. You wouldn't have been in that trial. That's just a consequence for how you lived a worldly life, my friend. The Bible says, be sure your sins will find you out. The Bible says, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he reap. And so when you reap to the world, you're going to sow to the world, you're going to reap from the world. It's not a trial as much as a consequence in how you lived on this earth. So he spent it all. So in the world, his funds ran out. In the world, your funds run out. In the world, your friends run off. In the world, famine comes. Money runs out, friends take off, famine comes. I see it all the time. I talk with people at least once a month, twice a month, even more times a month, where they've lived in the world. Now their, their funds have gone, they're gone. God's blessed them. They took their need money, things that he provided for their needs, and they spent it on their want money, and now their funds are gone. Now they find their friends are gone. Now their health is gone. Their morals are gone. Describes this young man. So his friends left. Now, unlike so many today, notice what he did. In verse 15, he goes and he gets a job. He, He went and he joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed the swine. So he's, he's going to make it on his own. Still hasn't returned to the Father. But he's going to do it his way. So he's going to make it on his own. So he goes out and he's feeding the swine. He's, he's a Jew. Think about that. He found a job slopping hogs as a Jew. And so he's a Jew. He got this job feeding and tending hogs. And they thought, oh, they the Jew thought a hog was, you know, it was so unclean, it's unimaginable. They would never be around a hog, they wouldn't eat the thing, let alone feed a hog. And so here he is slopping hogs for a job. Verse 16, and he would have fain have filled his belly with the husk. In other words, he stayed with them, he slept with them, he would have ate with them, he would he would take that slop bucket and he would try to find muck in that slop bucket, something fit for him to eat. He was even that low in his life. He spent it all. But verse 17 says, And when he came to himself, another translation said he came to his senses, when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and, and I perish with hunger? See, he came to his senses. The world will cause you to lose your senses. You'll get to a point in the world where you won't know what to do. You, you won't be able to think straight. You won't be able to act straight. You've spent your time in the world instead of in the Word, and things and crises come in your life, and, and you, you don't know how to act. You don't know what to do. You don't have a relationship with the father. You can't go to the father and ask him because there's a, there, there's, a, there's a shield there because of unconfessed sin in your life. This is what this young man's going through. So he thought this far country looked better than home did. And now look at him. Friend, listen, sin will cause you to lose your senses. You'll look at the world wrong. This is what's happening in his life. So here's the point. When you're away from the Father, you don't see clearly. When you're away from God, you don't see clearly. When you're away from God, you don't think clearly. However, the Bible says he came to his senses. Now, how do we know that? He began to talk to himself. You see that? He began to say, hey, hired hands at my father have. They have more than I have. So he, he's talking to himself, and he's evaluating his life. And so he began to talk to himself about his situation. Look at verse 17. He came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I'll arise, I'll go to my father. See, he's he's making out a plan now. And I'm going to say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before thee. Now, some of you perhaps may be in that shape right now. You say, listen, I've messed up. I've walked away from God the Father, and I'm in a mess. I mean, I'm in a mess, and, and I'm, I've got this figured out. I need to go home. I need to go back to the Father. Verse 19, and I'm in no more worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired servants. So he began to talk to himself about his situation. And he began to see how how he left the father he he began to remember he began to see the details of what happened into his life, and it all started when he left the father. so he begins to talk to himself, and he came to his senses meaning he he be He he became intelligent. His intellect came back to him. So there was a decision. He made a choice to pull away from the Father. There was a time of spending. He spent it all. Then there's a return. There's common sense. I'm going to go back. The question is, why? Why would you leave all the Father has for what this world has? And I ask that question all the time. Why would people leave what the Father has for what the world has? Well... Notice in verse 18 and 19, he made this conscious decision to return to the Father. He says, I'll arise, I'll go to the Father. And I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven before thee. I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of your hired servants. Now remember at this point, you can't make someone return to the Father. Some of you tried that, perhaps. Maybe a child, maybe an, a spouse, maybe a friend. You want them to return so bad. You can't make anyone return to the Father. You can't make them return to the Father. You can't force them to return to the Father. It must be a conscious decision. It has to be something that person wants to do. He said, I will arise and go to the Father. And that was a moment, that very moment, when his will took over, when his will took over. See, when the invitation is given, in a few minutes we're going to give an invitation for you to make a decision I'm not going to, it's God's invitation. It's not the church's, it's not mine, but God's given an invitation for some to come to the Father. First, come to the Father for salvation. Come for the first time, trust in Jesus. He's got so much more to offer you than this world has. He's got eternal life. This world has eternal death. It's not hard to figure out. It's free, it don't cost anything. All you do is turn from Jesus, turn to Jesus from your sins, and he'll give you eternal life. He'll forgive you your sins. You'll live forever and ever with Him. That's a conscious decision that you'll have to make. So when an invitation is given, it reaches your conscience and then it goes into your heart and then it filters into your mind and then your will, you will to be saved. You know, the only thing that separates you from being saved, your will. Your will. That's the only thing. You will not be saved. And so he, he made a conscious decision to return to the Father. So he starts home. Look at the return. Verse 20. And he arose and he came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and he had compassion and he ran and he fell on his neck and, and he kissed him. He had compassion. He ran. He fell on his neck. He kissed him. Literally, the original said he kissed him and kissed him and kissed him and kissed him. He was so glad to see him. And then he said to the son, the son said to him, I'm sorry, the son said to the father, Father, I've sinned against you. This is the great confession. He says, the son said, Father, verse 21, I've sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I'm no more worthy to be called your son. So you have this great confession, and then you have this great compassion showed from the father. Look, verse 22, but the father said to his servants, Here's your compassion. Bring forth the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, put shoes on his feet. Verse 23, bring f- hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son, verse 24, he, he, he was dead and he's alive and he was lost and he's found, and they began to make merry. So you have this great confession, then you have this great compassion from the father. He brings a robe and he brings rings and he brought a ring and he brought shoes and he killed a fatted calf. He said, My son was dead. He's alive. He was lost. Now he's found. That's the story of the prodigal. See, listen, today we're all sinners by nature. We're sinners by choice. We've left the Father. We chose the world over the Father and God's convicted us of it. And so God's calling out to come to him, to come to him, to come to him. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. And some of you need to be saved today. Others have walked away for whatever reason, and God's calling you back to him today. And so he's calling today. We we all walk away from time to time for whatever reason from God. We do, but he calls us back. He convicts us, and he calls us back. And when, he, when we come back and make that great confession, God, I'm sorry, please forgive me for walking away. And, I come back today, and he forgives us and speaks to our heart. He, he has this great compassion about himself, and he speaks to our consciousness in our heart, and our mind, and in our will we make that decision to return to the Father. And so it's up to you to make a conscious decision today to return to the Father. Today you can choose. You can choose ruin or you can choose redemption, but that is a decision that you have to make, that you must make. Ruin or redemption? It's a choice. Someone asked a preacher one time, an old preacher, I read about this years ago. He said, Do you believe a Christian can get into sin? Now we all realize that a Christian can get into sin. We're not going to be sinless. Then they said, Do you believe a Christian stay in sin? See, getting in sin, staying in sin is two different things. So the question is, Do you believe a Christian get in sin? Yes, do you believe a Christian stay in sin? And no, I don't. I really don't. I don't believe that. The son had the nature of the father. He didn't have the nature of the pig. See, there's two different natures there. So there's never been a pig that said, You know, I think I'm going to to the father's house. No pig's ever said that. They just like the slop and they like the pig pen. But a person that's a true son of God, a true child of God, they've got the nature of the father. If they have a true heart, a true Son of God, they'll return. Pigs love it down here, let me tell you. But the only one who wants to go to the Father is the Son. And so this morning, I don't know what your spiritual relationship with, with the Lord Jesus is. If you've never trusted Him as Lord and Savior of your life, you don't need to put that off any longer. Because you're choosing ruin. You're choosing ruin today over eternal life and what God has for you. My goodness, Jesus said, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. He has a place for us. Who would not want to go to that place? So today you have an opportunity to trust Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior let's bow our heads for a prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we've had just to come together and look at a parable that you that you taught when you were on earth and now we've read about it today. And so Father, I can see how this would fit a person that's lost, never trusted Jesus Christ, but at the same time I can see how it would how it would apply today to a to a believer for whatever reasons walked away from God but been convicted and now knowing it's time to come back to God before they spend it all. They'll spend it all apart from you. And so, Father, I pray today that you have brought us to our senses that the best place for us to be is with the Father. And so I pray for those who have never trusted you to turn from their sin and turn to you for salvation. And for those who have trusted you and for whatever reason, have, have have walked away. But today, Lord, you've spoken to their heart. And, and their will today is saying you need to go to the Father. You need to come back to the Father. And I pray this will be a time that they, they'll will to come to you, Lord, as their Father. Thank you for what you're going to do during this invitation time. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So, the invitation real simple. It's God's invitation. So, He's inviting you today to put your faith and trust in Him and nothing else. Ask Him to forgive you, to come into your life and save you. Knowing in your heart that Christ came and He died on the cross for your sins, He was buried and He arose again on the third day. And one day He's coming back. And knowing there's salvation found in no other name but Jesus Christ, knowing that you can't work yourself to heaven. Knowing that it's not by it's by faith and it's not of works, at least any man should boast. And the only way you're going to get to heaven is to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, who died on the cross, became the supreme sacrifice for your sins, and you're willing to trust Him for what He did. Nothing else. So, Lord, I'm putting all my eggs in one cart, and if You don't save me, nothing's going to save me. But my faith is in You. Would you be willing to do that today? Just come during the invitation. I won't embarrass you. And after everyone leaves, we'll just sit and talk for a while. And I'll share with you how you can humble your heart and ask Christ to save you. And leave here a different person, knowing that if you die today, that you'll have a home in heaven. Or if you're here today and you've asked Christ to save you, but for whatever reason, you've kind of stepped away. Not a long way. You don't have to go far to be away from God. But you may have just a little short distance from God your prayer life's not what it should be your your witness is not what it should be a lot of things are not what they should be relationship with a spouse or your parents but you've not gone a long way well, I'm going to tell you what you're headed a long way if you continue the way that you're going and you're going to spend all that you have and more